Welcome to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. This week, we sit down with the three candidates for mayor on the November ballot. We'll hear their thoughts on the future of Tucson's economy, downtown, roads, and climate change. Ballots for the Tucson City election go out October 10th, and voters will have a chance to make their selections for a new mayor and members of the city council. Today we sit down with Ed Ackerley, who's running as an independent, Green candidate Mike Cease, and Democratic candidate Rahina Romero. Now this is not a debate, so there are no opening or closing statements. Rather, we're having a discussion about your ideas and the future of Tucson. Arizona Public Media News sent out a survey to all the candidates on this fall's election. Find their responses on our website, azpm.org. We use those responses to help inform today's questions. So let's get down to it. Economic development is an important topic to the three of you. How does the city track economic development dollars so citizens can see whether developers keep their promises? Well, as being um, on the Tucson City Council, I, I uh, what we do is we track the amount of um, jobs generated from a particular uh, development, especially if it has an incentive like the primary jobs incentive or the um, GPLET, which is the um, it's a tax program. It's a tax program that that helps right. uh, that helps developers mostly. And uh, what we do is make sure that the jobs that the economic analysis said it would create and the sales taxes that the economic analysis said it would create is on par uh, with what uh, what we looked at. So we have to make sure that there is a return, more of a return for to the taxpayers than there was an incentive to the developer. Mr. Cease, Mr. Ackerley, let me get you all to jump in on that. Has the city done a good job of, of tracking that information, do you think? I'd like to share Cease, that uh, definitely the uh, accountability to the taxpayers, to the voters is important. And I, I know there's been issues over the years with the Rio development project in the in the context of of uh, voters asking the question like where where are my taxpayer dollars going uh, that's important I would like to uh, I would like to share in the context of economic development that my campaign and I'm looking at this from a different perspective uh, economic development for the time that I've been in this community has been primarily the the resources allocated to that have been earmarked towards bringing in outside firms, out-of-state firms. Uh, One example being Caterpillar. Uh, That's not the only one, of course, but that's a useful example. Our paradigm is different. Uh, We're going to change, we're going to change and think outside the box on this. We're going to invest in our community local first. And we have a, uh, I'll share more about it later, but we have a large program for economic revitalization. Certainly the uh, city has uh, given out the GPLET and other uh, incentives to developers and so forth. And those have requirements in them for the number of jobs and the type of return that is expected with those those tax incentives. Um, I do echo what uh, Mike says. 
one of the comments I made early on in the campaign was is that we do spend a lot of time in economic economic development going outside the city trying to bring uh, uh, new people into the community. Certainly Sun Corridor's mission is that, um, and the City Office of Economic Initiatives is uh, focused a little bit on that, but I made the comment that in the 51 years our company has been in business that not one person from the city of Tucson ever walked through the doors to say, how can we help you grow your business? And so I think that's an important thing to talk about is growing from within and growing our our small and medium-sized businesses that are here in Tucson and what can we do as mayor and council to help them in their endeavor to grow and to bring in more jobs? Let me and follow. If, if oh, I may, ahead. if I may, Christopher, because I just explained what <laughs> what your question was in terms of GPLED and primary jobs incentives. Um, I believe being on the council for twelve years and being one of the people that actually created the economic recovery plan for Tucson's future. Um, from that, we created the primary jobs and we created the economic development office. We didn't have one before um, I requested it on the council. Uh, what I see is that we've done well with uh, our economic development strategy, but it's time to diversify it. And it's time to make sure that we offer a small business incentive program so that we could go local first, that we can help startup companies, and that we add more staff to our economic development office that will be uh, small business navigators that will do just that. Since you all mentioned small business, what are some of the specifics that need to help small local businesses, maybe not even startups, but existing businesses that could use a little help on expansion. I would just say that my discussions with uh, the Economic Initiatives Office, and and first off, I think they need to be expanded. I I appreciate the fact that we have three or four people now that are dedicated to that, but I think it needs to be about a dozen people. One of the issues that always comes up when we talk about economic development is the University of Arizona students who get their degree and then leave Tucson. And I think there's a lot of high-tech companies and a lot of uh, um, transfer of information from the University of Arizona that we kind of let slip away sometimes. And so I've talked about the focus on the University of Arizona and Pima College and helping young entrepreneurs help help themselves uh, through the city process to uh, do some things in Tucson that they you know might take to another city. Can we get them to do that? And one of the things I've talked about is externships, which we can get into later. Mr. Cease? I'd like to share some uh, context for when we're talking about economic development, uh, there's a study that shows that uh, Tucson is one of the top 10 most economically distressed cities in the nation. And that's uh, related to that. uh, There are several things that I plan to do as mayor. One is a massive revitalization, economic and environmental revitalization with retrofitting hundreds of thousands of homes and businesses with solar energy conservation, water harvesting. This, uh, this program is not a, a panacea, but it will, it, it will go a long way to revitalizing the economic health and well-being of this community. And if I may, Christopher, I'd like to marry the uh, the comments made by Mike and and Ed, um, 
Economic Development, just having this conversation with Barbara Coffey, our Economic Development Director, and Mike Ortega, our City Manager, yesterday. I see economic development as a holistic issue where we need to approach it in many different ways, right? It's not just um, investing in in bigger companies that have come to Tucson. It is not just investing in small locally owned businesses and startups. It is not just partnering with the University of Arizona, which as mayor, I will. Um, Economic development, we have to see it from what's the root of the problem, right? One of the issues uh, of um, that Mike talked about is the poverty in the city of Tucson. And it, and it's not just the city of Tucson, it's in Pima County. And Arizona is the fifth poorest state in the nation. And we're the last in, we're almost, I think it's 48th now, um, in public education funding. And so we have to see economic development as a holistic and approach it holistically in terms of the mayor has to make sure that we put together for example, an economic development advisory board for mayor and council, uh, that we have an educational attainment uh, task force uh, that has the University of Arizona, Pima College, JTIT, the school districts, even um, union apprenticeship programs, which is an amazing opportunity that we have uh, to diversify the educational um, attainment and the educational goals of our community. So it's about investing in public education uh there's a there's a conversation happening right now about pre uh, universal pre-k programming with pima county the city of tucson has to um uh, really help that effort and then of course you know making sure that we are uh doing our climate action plan that we have that we see climate action resiliency preparing our city as a climate uh, resilient city as also green jobs. Let's talk. I just wanted to mention one thing. Um, When we were out at the Sun Corridor lunch a couple of weeks ago, I thought it was interesting that uh, Joe Snell, when he talked about the four different pillars of things that uh, that he and his group needed to do and we needed to do as a region, that high on that list, and he made a very big point of roads. He said that when businesses come into Tucson, that uh, they drive on our roads, and if, if we can't get our roads right, then what can we get right? And he made a very big point of it, and I think we, we don't want to overlook that economic development does rest there in those infrastructure improvements. The city of Tucson unemployment peaked at 10.1% in January of 2010. This is all according to the federal data. And since then, it's steadily dropped as the national economy and the state economy have improved. The numbers this year have varied in the last 12 months between 4% and 5.5% according to the federal data. So should new jobs be the focus of economic development, or is there some else that economic development needs to focus on. And Mr. Ackerley, I'm going to let you start on that. Two things. One, I would say that I think we need to focus on um, helping the businesses that are here expand. And so I, I've said, just think if, if uh, the majority of the businesses in Tucson all um, created one more job, just one more job in a small company, certainly that's a difficult thing for some people because they're stretched to the limits now. But if we did that, 
that would far surpass bringing in some big company with a bunch of jobs from out of town. And I think we need to focus on that. And, and again, talking with Ms. Coffey about this, uh, I think that should be the focus of our economic initiatives office is retention of the jobs that we have so that they don't go someplace else, but also sustaining the folks that are already uh, in business here and doing what we can to support them with legal and marketing and other, other issues. And in terms of... Uh, you know, the poverty level and, and jobs and, and that, you know, when you look at Moran and Oro Valley, they're up in the 70s and 80,000, and we're around $26,000, of per, per capita income. And what causes that? Why are we in that situation? And why have uh, the valley up north and, and these other uh, places have uh, higher per capita incomes in Tucson? I think we need to take a look at the types of jobs that are coming to Tucson and the types of salaries that people are getting and why is the the rate so low compared to these others. And that is something that needs to be addressed by mayor and council to help uh, mitigate that uh, and, and improve those numbers. Ms. Romero, you want to jump in? There's low unemployment rates in the city of Tucson, but yet we have high poverty. And so it is living wages that we need to pay, make sure that w- you know, we have we are in partnership with the state government and the federal government uh, to find ways of um, of a universal health care. Uh, and we have to make sure we're we're setting we're setting the tone in the city of Tucson. I pushed this past fiscal year uh, to set a minimum wage of fifteen dollars an hour to every city employee plus benefits, and we can do that. We have seen that fifteen thousand. $15 an hour is $31,000 a year. It's not really that much. And so it's about creating jobs that pay well. And um, most of that is is investing in um, public education funding so that we could bring up educational attainment in the city of Tucson. And two, that we uh, make sure that we're um, advocating for high-wage, long-term jobs in the city of Tucson. You mentioned bringing up the minimum wage for city employees, but how do you all feel about a citywide initiative, either from the mayor and council or from voters, to raise the minimum wage in the city of Tucson, not just for city employees? Mr. Cease, you're nodding. <laughs> well, uh, I'm pleased that you brought that up because that's uh, that's something that my campaign has indeed proposed. And uh And again, referencing studies, studies have shown that the single most important thing uh, that any community can do, any municipality, uh, to improve the economic health and well-being of the community-wide is a living wage ordinance. And we will do that under my administration. We're going to enact a citywide of uh, 15 starting with $15 an hour minimum wage it's been done in right here in our own state in Flagstaff it's been done in dozens of other cities around the nation the other component i'd like to share with your listeners is that the green new deal uh, that i will be implementing in the new mayor's office is going to bring thousands of uh, tens of thousands of jobs of new employment, and they're going to they're going to come in this community, and it's going to be meaningful employment. Mr. Ackley, you brought up per capita 
income in the city of Tucson versus Oro Valley and places like that. So how does the city get per capita income up? Is it just minimum wage or is there something else the city needs to do? Well, I think we also need to recognize that I think seven now out of the top 10 employers in Tucson are government related, uh, whether it be the University of Arizona or Davis Mountain Air Force Base or even Raytheon, which could be pseudo considered a uh, government-related uh, enterprise. Yeah, there's not and much so, private industry buying Tomahawk cruise missiles. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, you know, part of, part of the issue that we face is because of that uh, government influx of, of jobs that are set by um, either federal or state or even city or municipal employees, we have, to, we have to take that into consideration when we're talking about what the wage rate is. For private business, I'm not in favor of a minimum wage um, for set for to fifteen dollars, or when when it when we just did that a couple of years ago with uh, many of my clients who are small business people, really had to make a quick adjustment. For instance, one of the local uh, restaurant tours here who has several locations, it cost him almost a million dollars immediately from day one. This should probably be a state issue. The state should address the minimum wage on a state level, and certainly the federal government has talked about that in the uh, presidential primaries. This week, we're talking with Rahina Romero, Mike Cease, and Ed Ackerley, the three candidates running to be the next mayor of Tucson. If you're just joining us, we've been spending a lot of time talking about economic development and wages, and you all have sort of mentioned in bits and pieces the next part, which is climate change. When we sent out the survey, you all said in the survey that more renewable energy for the city is a good thing. But when we get down onto some other topics, this is where you all differ. And this is important for the uh, voters to, to understand all that. So, Mr. Ackerley, I want to start with you. You want to reduce carbon emissions, but without a direct city role. So how does that happen? In reference to the survey, I think what uh, I was answering was that the city of Tucson certainly has the charge of its own house and can do what it can to help with its own carbon footprint and the buildings and the vehicles and the uh, mass transit and the things that the city has direct control over. And certainly there's uh, three new electric buses coming online and there are uh, renewables that are happening. The parks have all been outfitted. Uh, buildings have been outfitted with solar panels. And so a lot has been done in the last few years, actually, to kind of achieve those goals. What I think we need to be very concerned about is uh, mandating that uh, private business and uh, even individuals would be required to do things. I think we need to be very careful on how we position ourselves in the future. It's an important issue, specifically for businesses. I think it's an important thing when the city comes in and tells them they have to do certain things after the fact. It, uh, it could create some serious problems for business. Mr. Cease, you uh, have talked about the your Green New Deal a couple times, and you mentioned one of the ideas of retrofitting hundreds of thousands of homes for solar and water harvesting. I is there more to it than that, uh, or is that the big component? That's a large component of it. Uh, this, is, this is a massive uh, program. This is uh, My administration is not going to be uh, making small little incremental changes. We're here to bring s systemic change. And, uh, and it's also a holistic approach that, uh, that Rahina referenced earlier. Systemic change can be expensive. So who pays for the systemic change? First of all, I'd like to reframe the question in terms of people say, how can you afford this? This is a very good question. I would pose it in a way, how can the community afford not to address this, 
to address the climate and the economic crisis that we have in front of us. It's a $1.6 billion budget. So there are a number of mechanisms where we can fund this. Uh, a revenue-neutral program, municipal bank, to make zero-interest uh, loans to uh, homeowners, small businesses uh, throughout the community based upon future energy savings, which these projects will bring about. There's a number of measures, but the other component is that we are going to change. We're gonna, I'm going to direct my staff to look at this $1.3, $1.6 billion budget and examine wherein there are, um, there are things where we can reprioritize. And we're going to revitalize the, uh, the economic health of our community. Ms. Mara, I, I have a specific climate question for you. On the, the survey, you said you wanted to create a climate action plan, and we've talked about this uh, during the primary, also um, to reduce carbon emissions and incentivize businesses to increase renewable energy use. Somebody is going to hear the word incentivize businesses and say, well, that sounds like spending. Um, where, where does that money come from, and is it spending on the city's behalf? Yes. Well, uh, first and foremost, I believe in creating a, cli- uh, a bold climate action plan for the city of Tucson. And I agree that we have to invest in it now, and the city of Tucson should not go at it alone. Um, I think that, that private businesses should buy into it. Right. It's not just our climate, the city of Tucson's climate or the residents climate change that's going to affect all of us. It's also the businesses. The business community should want to uh, participate in this. The city of Tucson has created incentive programs through the uh, water department to incentivize low flow toilets and low flow uh, uh, washing machines. Uh, We have a commercial program that small businesses can tap into and get uh, an incentive to install water harvesting and cisterns in their in their businesses we have to do it together just recently as a matter of fact the city of tucson aggressively applied for grants from the federal government so that we can get our four electric buses and we received a commitment in the in the celebration of those buses coming to tucson from tep that they would help us make those four buses five I don't believe that um, that in the theory that going at it boldly and making sure that we're creating a climate resilient city is going against businesses. As a matter of fact, if we don't have a livable community, we don't have anything. We don't have economic development. We don't have opportunity for the future. This is an urgent issue and we have to go at it together. Mr. Ackerley, you wanted to jump in. I just wanted to flip it and say that I think that what we need to do is to tell the residents of Tucson what they can do to help in this issue. And I think they're looking for some guidance from the city, and uh, perhaps the Climate Action Plan would do that. But instead of mandating businesses and individuals to do certain things, I think we just need to go back in history and say that when we were having some water problems here in the city, we implemented the Beat the Peak volunteer program, and that reduced uh, consumption from 120 down to now, I think we're down at 60 gallons per day per per individual. And with the People voluntarily took out their lawns. They voluntarily began to conserve water. And when we were in dire straits and the aquifer was was low, the city came together, the residents came together and and helped because they were told, here's what you can do to contribute. And so we need to give uh, residents the opportunity to participate without mandating that they participate. I disagree. Um, 
there are a lot of mandates that governments have come to to um, improve the quality of life of of, of people. And so um, the way that Tucson Water mandated uh, for people to use less water in the city of Tucson is by the by having a uh, payment schedule that signals conservation. So the less you spend in water, the less you pay for water. And that approach is is mandating less usage of water. Um, and we also, as the city of Tucson, we instituted uh, no green front yard. Uh, you, you can only use uh, native drought uh, resilient um, uh, greenery in the city of Tucson. That's mandated. And so um, I, I, I think that we have to make sure that we're not looking at programming and how we do things, how we did them in the 80s, right? How we did them in the 90s, in the 2000s. We have to look to the future. We have to make sure that we are pushing uh, the climate change issue as much as we possibly can. It is here, it is happening, and it is urgent. And uh, we have to be bold and and use public-private partnerships to to get it done and also make sure that we're tapping into federal grants uh, to be bold with it. Uh, creating an electric vehicle, um, uh, electric vehicle grid throughout the city by working with small businesses and creating uh, personalized parking plans for for you know for for those businesses. One million trees by 2030. That's my goal. We cannot do that alone. You know, we just have to move forward and we have to be bold about it. Mr. Cease, I'd like to share that uh, homeowners and uh, and business owners will want to save themselves money in in future energy savings. So this is, uh, uh, you know, to to framing it as as mandates, I think misses the the point of my program, or not my program, but the program of the Green New Deal. Uh, The I did want to share somewhat of an anecdotal example of I toured a uh, facility, uh, it happened to be my own dog's vet facility. They won an award for building uh, energy conservation, which is awesome because uh, that type of approach, systemic, it reduced the amount of energy that that facility, that that building needed to use to begin with, to start with. But uh, they took us on the tour and they showed us the meter out back and how it actually goes back. This was before... TEP blocked what's called net net metering, which is a different issue. But the reason I bring this this up is that uh, that that's a small business, a veterinarian, and uh, businesses, homes, they're they're going to want to do this program. They're going to want to save themselves money in uh, future energy savings and and to benefit the community as well. We have actually reached uh, our time limit. Uh, I want to thank all three of you for making the time and coming in and sitting down with us uh, to help inform the voters. And that's the buzz for this week. Next week, we'll hear from candidates running for Tucson City Council. Arizona Public Media News sent out a survey to all the candidates on this fall's Tucson election ballot. On issues affecting the city, you can find their responses on our website, azpm.org. Ariana Brocious is the show's producer and editor. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer. Andrea Kelly is the news director. Our music is by Enter the Haggis. 
I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.